Welcome to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I am Pastor Henry Chanel, co-pastor, entrepreneur, athlete, and banker. I'm Pastor Darcy Jarrett, co-pastor, mixed media artist, and cat parent. And I'm Deacon Lindsay Huggins, a reverend, nonprofit worker, and Enneagram 2 through and through. PABC is a theological and creative church space intentionally welcoming all people. We seek to undo imbalance in church relationships and deconstruct toxic theology. When you enter into space with PABC, we welcome all of you, checking nothing at the door. Bring all your identities. Bring your queerness and or your blackness. Bring your Latinx family and your multiple faith belongings. We hold a theology that refuses to other anyone. Belonging at Park Avenue Baptist Church is so open. And so we seek to hear a multiplicity of theologically trained voices from different social locations. Our leadership model is non-hierarchical. And we seek to embody leadership from within. We as a community seek to uplift holiness that each person brings into this space. And to sojourn together in relationship with the prophetic wisdom teacher, Jesus. Towards oneness and wholeness of our being with God. In our church, we seek to value holistic connection with each other, our community, and the universe. We don't just preach and talk about deconstructing systems and structures of power. We practice Join us and give us feedback about your learnings. Yeah, and this is the first one we're doing, so we'll, we'll, we'll free flow it. Okay, okay. okay. So why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah. Thank you all for joining us, uh, Park Avenue Baptist Church. I am Pastor Henra. I'm one of the pastors here at Park Avenue, and I have with me Reverend Deacon Lindsay, who uh, just finished up preaching on this Sunday morning as we um, are imagining and um, diving into reclaiming our freedom. And we join you, we welcome you. Thank you for being here with us on this day. Uh, but a couple of questions. Uh, this is just, just a brief uh, overview of how things went. And we have just a couple of questions. And one that we wanted to ask is, you know, how was the preparation for this? You know, what was th the thought behind um, the sermon that you brought from Isaiah this morning? Yeah, so um, I am a lifelong Baptist kid. And uh, so anytime I have the opportunity to do a deep dive into what it actually means to be Baptist, like I talked about this morning, there's so many misconceptions and so many loud voices in the public square that uh, would like to tell you what it means to be Baptist. But those voices are so often the ones that are seeking to suppress and deny um, identity and to deny opportunity for all voices to be heard. So anytime I have the opportunity to say, this is what it really means to be Baptist, I'm going to take that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's what we're all about. Um, just trying to erase that harm that that title Baptist can kind of sometimes portray when you hear it. So we appreciate that. Is is there anything um, that you you left on the cuff as as one thing said that you wanted to relate to people that you hope they got from your sermon this morning? Yeah, I hope that um, I heard. I spoke to a couple of people who said, "Wow, I didn't even know that that's what it meant to be Baptist. That's a that." that's how that denomination started. And that was the intent. And so I hope that I caused enough curiosity for people to go seek that out for themselves. So maybe check out Walter Sheridan's book, The Four Fragile Freedoms, and to uh, think critically about what their faith identity is. Because, you know, here, I what I love that we do is we don't ask anybody to identify as Baptist, yeah, exactly. but we let Baptist uh, freedom inform the way that we do church here, that we say, yes, you have 
the soul freedom to relate to God as you want. You can have the Bible freedom to interpret scripture as you see fit. We have the church freedom to operate as we want. And then we have the religious freedom to do that in public and protect the freedoms of others yeah. so that it informs who we are, but we never ask or demand that that's what anyone exactly. is. We did that sermon series a couple of years ago, Baptist-ish. Yep, and, yep. you know, that's who that. we are. We're Baptist-ish. <laughs> We're here for it. It informs us, yeah. but we don't demand that anyone identify exactly. that way. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, final question. I know that was the last one, but final question. When you, this is a new year, 2023, um, first two months, we're looking at reclaiming your freedom. Uh, when you hear that, what comes to mind? Yeah, reclaiming your freedom, I think, you know, you mentioned it in your first sermon about that reference to reclaiming our time to say that I have a place in this world. I have a voice and it deserves to be heard. So for me, this year is all about staking that claim, saying, here I am, here's my voice, and I'm going to live in my truth because so often when we're living in our truth, we feel that connection with God in ways that we don't otherwise. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Deacon Lindsay, for joining us this morning. Have a great day. and an obligation. Critical study of scripture is vital to a full and rich faith. Sure, different interpretations can create conflict, but individual understandings through the lenses of culture and experience and other aspects of social location add a layer and complexity and depth to the Christian community. We have the freedom to seek our own meaning in the text and throughout creation as the word of God is made manifest in the beauty and complexity of the world. The second freedom that Sheridan identifies is soul freedom, which emphasizes the freedom of the individual to interact with God in the way that they choose without interference and the personal nature of that relationship between the individual and the divine. No creed or clergy member or government body should ever interfere with that relationship. Highlighting the individual's right to deal with God as they choose, soul freedom states that believers have a direct connection to God that cannot be mediated by anything. The third freedom that Sheridan mentions is church freedom, and that stresses the freedom of the local church to function in the way that it chooses. This includes determining the style and order of worship, as well as qualifications for membership, electing those they see fit to leadership, ordaining individuals to ministry, and engaging with other churches for community action. Religious freedom is the final fragile freedom that Sheridan discusses, and it's probably the one that I value the most. The freedom of religion, but not just of religion, the freedom to religion, and even the freedom from religion. As Baptists who support freedom, it's our duty to protect the faiths of all people. One of my favorite practical embodiments of the pursuit of religious freedom is the Baptist Joint Committee. This is a group in D.C. There are attorneys and ministers and mobilizers and scholars, and they write briefs for the Supreme Court and advocate for and against legislation. They testify in Congress and work with people across all faiths to ensure that all people will always have the right to follow their own spiritual beliefs. Isn't that a different narrative than some of the loudest Baptist voices would like to say in the public square? The idea that we would protect all people and their right to practice their faith.
Shearn speaks to the legacy of historic Baptists in the fight for religious freedom on behalf of all people. He writes that they lobbied with their lives and their pens, and they lobbied together as a denomination, not simply as lone individuals howling in the night against the cold winds of constrictionism. When one starts pushing whatever she's honking about, the thing tends to get positioned firmly in the soul. Baptists lobbied jointly with their pens and their lives for religious liberty. They even broke laws deliberately and premeditatively. Even though they came long before Baptists were formally organized, these two guys, John Smith and Thomas Helwes, along with other people who professed a believer's baptism, set the stage for the development of this denomination in the early 1600s. Helwes called for the total freedom of conscience in matters pertaining to religion in his piece, A Short Declaration of the Mystery of Iniquity. I wish I could come up with titles that cool. He writes that, let none think that we are altogether ignorant what war we take in hand and that we have not sit down and in some measure thoroughly considered what the cost and danger may be. And also let none think that we are without sense in feeling of our own inability to begin and our weakness to endure to the end the weight and danger of such a work. Let none therefore despise the day of small things. The work of promoting freedom for all people is no small thing, but it is made up of many small actions made by many individuals. Many small actions transform this historic church that we're sitting in into a congregation that recognizes its difficult history and chooses to be a place where we draw the circle wider. We deny traditional power structures by embodying a flat model of leadership, We work to be actively anti-racist and anti-colonialist. We celebrate and don't just tolerate our LGBTQ plus siblings. And we work to be a place where we uphold everyone's gifts and perspectives as valuable. We need and value each other. Everyone here is a reflection of the image of God. Last week, uh, we started a project where we took these squares and started to create pieces of a tapestry that we will put together uh, at the end of the sermon series. As you see these squares up front, I want you to be reflecting on what we're going to do at the end of the service today, where we're going to take some time to create with different materials a square that embodies what freedom means to you. Is it full of color? Is it wide open space? Is it shapes or movement? So I'll ask you to hold this vision as we continue, and then later as we reflect, to come up and create your square. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. But what does freedom even look like? For so many years, we've gotten it wrong. Christians have denied and continue to deny the rights of all people to live as they wish by promoting slavery and oppression and gender inequality, heteronormativity, and compliance to a rigid interpretation of scripture through their own cultural lens. We have denied the image of God in others and have harmed our souls in the process. We have not always listened to the spirit of the Lord call us to something greater. Uh, Henry read in Isaiah chapter 61 verses 1 through 4 about how we can identify when we're walking in the spirit of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, 
to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planning of the Lord that he may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. We embody the spirit of the Lord when we are bringing good news to those crushed by economic systems that demand stepping on someone else to succeed. When we proclaim liberty and speak against bondage, when we hold space for the brokenhearted and build up those in mourning, when we create what has been torn down, even if it is destruction caused generations ago. This is how we know the spirit of the Lord. This is what true freedom looks like. Can we let it permeate our lives, impacting everything that we do and say? Can our eyes be open to the places where we need to embody freedom for ourselves, honoring God's image within us and releasing old messages of the need to suppress who we truly are? Because siblings in Christ, if we are not harming ourselves or harming others, our desires are good. Our self-expression is good. Can we open our eyes to speak freedom into the lives of others, helping them to release anything that denies their inherent worth? Can we open our eyes to speak freedom to a nation that so often only values the freedom and interests of those in positions of power? Can we speak? Can we show up? Can we be brave for ourselves and for others? Siblings in Christ, let us walk in the light of freedom. As the old song goes, we who believe in freedom cannot rest until it comes. Your unique perspective has a place in this world. Your vision of freedom in light and love helps us know God's dream for the world more deeply. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship and make art with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We are at 486 Park Avenue in Southeast Atlanta, across the street from Grant Park at the corner of Park Avenue and Sydney Street. To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavbaptist.com.